As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello, friends. I'm Rick Warren, and welcome to Spurgeon Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way, and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped, and guided by Charles Spurgeon, who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Filling the Empty Vessels, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part three. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter four, verse 19. Secondly, let us inquire, who is to fill these vessels? Paul says, my God will supply all your need. My God. Oh, that is grand. It were foolish talking if any other name were mentioned. God can supply all the needs of his people, for he is all-sufficient. But nobody else can. He can do it alone without help, for nothing is too hard for the Lord. He is able to number the myriads of his creatures and attend to the needs of all of them, so that not one of them shall lack. He calleth them all by their names, by the greatness of his power not one faileth. They that wait upon the Lord shall not want any good thing. As for thee, dear brother, trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. He that promises to fill up all thy empty vessels is one who can do it. There is no boundary to the goodness and power of God. Then notice that sweet word which Paul has put before the glorious word God. He writes, my God. As Paul looked at the money which the Philippians had sent him and perhaps at the warm garments that should cover him in the cold, damp jail, he cried, see how my God has supplied me. And then he says, my God shall supply you. This same God, Paul's God, shall fill up all your need. Wonderfully had God protected Paul from the malice of those who sought for his very life. Very wonderfully had he been carried by divine power through unparalleled labours, so that he had been made to triumph in every place in preaching of the gospel. And thus he had learned from day to day to get a firmer grip of his God and say, my God, with more and more emphasis. 
Jehovah was not to Paul the unknown God, but my God. With God he dwelt, and in him he trusted all his cares. This same God is our God. Think of that, poor friend, in your hour of need. Think of that, you afflicted widow. You have Paul's God to go to. Think of that, dear child of God in trouble. You have the same God as Paul had, and he is as much yours as he was Paul's. His arm has not been withheld, neither has his heart grown hard towards any of his children. My God, says Paul, who is also your God, will supply all your need. Who is this God that will supply all our needs? Paul's God, remember, was and is the God of providence. And what a wonderful God that is. We speak as if we were some very important part of the universe, but really, what are we? Our little island can scarcely be found upon the globe till you hunt long for it. What a tiny speck this congregation must be. But God supplies the wants of all the millions of humanity. Humanity, I said. But I ought to have included all the other creatures too. The myriads of herrings in the sea. The multitudes of birds that sometimes darken the sun in their migrations. The countless armies of worms and insects. Strangely supplied we know not how. And yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Is that all the sphere of his providence? No. Far from it. I suppose that this round world of ours is but one apple in the orchard of creation, one grain of dust in the corner of God's great palace. But all you orbs, with all the living things that may be peopling every star, he supplies. And how? He openeth his hand and supplieth the want of every living thing. See how easy to him is this universal provision. He but opens his hand, and it is done. This is the God that will supply all your need. He calls the stars by name. He leads out Arcturus with his sons. He looses the bands of Orion. He does great things without number. And shall he not feed and clothe you, O ye of little faith? Yes, be sure of this. The God of providence shall supply all your needs for this life and its surroundings. If that does not suffice, let me remind you that this God is the God of grace. For Paul above all men counted grace to be his treasure. His God was the God of grace. Chiefly he is the God who gave his son to bleed and die for men. Or stand at Calvary and see God's great sacrifice, the gift of his only begotten Son. And when you have marked the wounds of the well-beloved and seen Jesus die, answer me this question. He that spared not his own Son but freely delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
What will he deny us who has given up the best jewel that he had, the glorious one that heaven could not match? There was never the like of Jesus, and yet he bowed his head to die on our behalf. Oh, my dear, dear friends, if you are anxious tonight and vexed with many cares, do think of that. It is the God and Father of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who says that he will fill up all your need. Do you doubt him? Can you? Dare you distrust him? Now, take a flight above this present cloudland and behold the God of heaven. Think of what God is up yonder, beyond, beyond this lower sky, up where eternal ages roll, where solid pleasures never die and fruits immortal feast the soul. Behold the splendour of God. Gold in heaven is of no account. The streets of that city are all of pure gold like unto transparent glass. The riches and the merchandise of nations are but as rags and rottenness compared with the commonest utensils of God's great house above. There they possess inexhaustible treasures and everything that is precious. For the walls of the new Jerusalem are described as made of twelve manner of precious stones, as if these stones were so common in Emmanuel's land that they built the walls there. The gates are each one a pearl. What pearls are those? Is God this rich? Inconceivably, incalculably rich, so that he clothes the very grass of the field more gloriously than Solomon clothed himself. How then can I be of a doubtful mind? Is he my father? And will he let me suffer want? What? I starving, and my father owning heaven? No, no. He that has made my heaven secure will here all good provide. While Christ is rich, can I be poor? What can I want beside? My precious text is one which years ago, when we built the orphanage, I caused to be cut on one of the pillars of the entrance. You will notice it inside the first columns on either side when you go there. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This I took for the foundation of the institution and set my seal to it as true. And it has been so. Time would fail me if I were to tell how often God has interposed there for his numerous family those children that are cast upon the divine fatherhood. He has honoured his own promise and our faith, and I believe he always will. There on the forefront of the orphanage stands also the word, The Lord will provide. You shall see whether it be not so. As long as that place stands, my God shall supply our need and it shall be a standing encouragement to us all. Think of the far more extensive orphanage of our brother Muller of Bristol, with those 2,500 children living simply through prayer and faith, 
and yet as abundantly supplied as the queen in her palace. Nothing is wanting where God is the provider. The Lord will supply without fail. Let us trust without fear. Go and plead this promise with the Lord your God, and he will fulfil it to you as well as to the rest of his saints. Now thirdly, let us inquire in what style will God supply his people's needs. He will do it in such style as becomes his wealth, according to his riches. There are several ways of doing most things. There is more than one way of giving a penny to a beggar. You can throw it at him, if you like, or pitch it in the mud, as if you threw a bone to a dog. Or you may hand it to him in a sort of huff, as if you said, take it and be off with you. Or you may drag the coin out of your pocket as unwillingly as if you were losing your eye tooth. There is yet another way of doing it, namely that which makes the copper turn to gold, by a courteous kindness which expresses sympathy with the poor creature's need. Always give good things in the best way, for your heavenly Father does so. Now how does God supply his children? Stingily, miserably, grudging them every pennyworth? Certainly not. I hope that it was never your misery to dine with a grudging man who watched every mouthful that went down your throat as if there was so much the less for him. Why, when one does eat, at whatever table it may be, if it is the commonest fare, one likes a welcome. It is the welcome which makes the covenant invitation so sweet. When you hear the exhortation, Eat, O friends, drink, yes, drink abundantly, O beloved. One enjoys the welcome of a heart which does all it can. Like the Scottish woman at a great communion meeting, when there was nobody to take the people in. Come in, said she, come in. I have room for ten of you in my house, and I have room for ten thousand of you in my heart. Come along with you. Nobody so welcome as you that have been sitting at my master's table with me. How then does God dispense his favours? How does he fill up the vessels? The way he does it, is not according to our poverty, nor according to our desert, but according to his riches. He gives like a king. Brothers and sisters, I must correct myself. He gives as a God, and as only God can give, according to his own godlike riches. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.